Real Business Owners. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 77 with myself, Trevor Cowley, as always, Kilo G. That's right. That's What's right. Up, everybody? That's right. Now, we, we don't have a nickname yet for our guest, but we maybe maybe we need to come up with a cool one, mm-hmm. you know, for him, uh, unless he already has one. Do you already have a cool nickname? I, I don't think I do. No? No. You need one, dude. My wife's got a bunch of nicknames, but I probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> asshole. Hey, asshole. Hey, dipshit. Why, why didn't you take the trash out to the street last right. night? That's the second week in a row. <laughs> you know? I get that. Right. So I, I hired a neighbor kid. He, he pulls it out and pulls it back for five bucks a week. So it's worth, uh, worth every. And he still forgets to pull him back half the time, so I have to ream the 12-year-old neighborhood kid. You got a nickname for him already, though. Yeah. I don't have a nickname for him. He's just my trash man, you know? So good use of your money, though. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, today we have a guest on the podcast. He's in the Arate Syndicate with us. Uh, That's where we initially met uh, Corey. Um, Last name, is it Barrier? You got it. Barrier? Yeah, you got it. It's almost like... Unless you want to be fancy, you could say Barrier, but... Barrier, you know, like Perrier. That's <laughs> yeah, what I was thinking the right. other day about when I was like, is it Perrier? That's Perrier, exactly you know, how I explain Perrier. it to people. Well, I say, yeah. hey, it's like the water, Perrier, except with a B. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's, that's a good way to do yeah, it. So, it works. Um, now, Corey's a good dude, uh, you know, high energy, you know. Uh, we've been on his podcast as well. Um, he reached out to us and we're like, yeah, dude, get out here, get on our podcast. So he got on a flight, uh, last night landed in St. George at, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night was here early in the morning and he's catching a flight here in a couple hours, you know, and I just wanted to highlight that for individuals like yourselves that's listening, you know, this is the type of stuff that people that want to level up do. You know, they make sacrifices, they hop on a flight, they go where they need to go, they network and do what they need to do to get their name out there a little bit more, get more attention on them, and then they get on a plane and go home. Some of those sacrifices are going to need to be made in order to grow your business or grow your brand or get more attention, and you have to be willing to do stuff like that in order to, to, to start leveling up, so to speak, right? Um, if you will, Corey, tell us a little bit about you know some of the business ventures that you have going on. I know you've got your podcast. What's the name of the podcast? So it's called Successful Life Podcast, and I'm getting ready to start. So my brand is Sales CEO. Okay, right? and so I'm okay. getting ready to start a Sales CEO podcast, which will be just around sales. Gotcha. Primarily, it'll be me. Whereas the other one, as you guys know, I, I interview uh, people that I'm interested in, people yeah. I want to learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and. I also am a sales and business coach, Um, and I work with entrepreneurs, work with small to medium-sized businesses. Either I coach one-on-one with the business owner, so to speak, or what happens a lot of times is I I get there and I realize that the owner knows what they're doing. It's the sales team it, they're not that's slacking. They're slacking, right? And, they, and so the they're owner trying to figure know. out what's wrong with their business, but that, the owner's not necessarily. They have the support they need, maybe not the training that they need. Well, sometimes you know, they. I bet you they know they know how to sell, but they don't know how to teach how to sell. You know, you know what I mean? Because I've done that before. I'm like, Man, I don't know. I just do it and it works. And right. then when I try and teach others how to do it, it's like. I'm just not doing it in a way that they are really fully grasping what I do, and sure. so I can see the value sometimes, even if you're a great sales guy. You may need someone to help train your salespeople. Yeah, uh, I, absolutely. I've seen that with door to door guys too. Sure. I mean, I have a, I have a guy. I mean, I have a coach, right? Mm-hmm. I have a guy that that I meet with once a week. Actually, I mean, I talk to him far more than that. But um, and like Trevor said, or like 
I swear to God, I get you, the names mixed yeah, up. That's so true. Bad. So, like Trevor said, you know, when opportunity presents itself, like coming here, right? Yeah. I had to make a decision. Does, is this worth my time? And, get, and at the end of the day, I don't know if it's worth yeah. my time. But this is an opportunity that I felt like I just – it wouldn't be smart for me to pass up, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. because you never know. And here's a great example. Here I was talking to uh, Kale this morning about you got 60-day credit repair. Yeah. I didn't even know until I was listening to one of the podcasts you guys did that. Yeah. Right? And so he was explaining to me what that was about. Yeah. So if I know anybody that could use it or if I ever need to use it, now I understand the process. Yeah. So I feel like I've already gained knowledge by being here. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, in a lot of cases, I would say in the majority of cases, when you do something in business – you don't know what the result's going to be 100%, right? You do something in hopes of a result, but I think that not enough people act on, you know, hey, I'm doing this no matter how it turns out. I know it's the right decision for my business, and it may work out in my favor. It may not. Those are things that people don't really do as much. They want to know for a fact. Like, if it's an investment that they're going to make, they want to guarantee the results on the investment prior to making the investment. That's just not how it works, right? You win some and you lose some. You might be on 10 different people's podcasts and fly around. One of them might be the one that you know blows up your business or you may shake the right hand that gets you in the door over here to another individual that can blow up your business, right? And so I wanted to talk about that just for a second um, and I want to know how having a podcast has helped you one personally and uh, networking business-wise uh, so that people that are listening can understand the power of podcasting? Sure, that's a great question. Um, and I feel like I have a pretty good story about that. So 2019 yeah. or 18, um, 19, the uh, RT Live event, right? Okay. I went there with Chris Saunders. Yeah. And um, I had st- I had uh, signed up with Libsyn. I'd set everything up, sort of. I didn't yeah. really, I honestly had absolutely no idea what i was doing yeah and i'm not a technical dude at all and so well you're in sales dude (laughs) (laughs) sales and being techie don't usually go together we go into sales because we're dumb in a lot of areas (laughs) but we got the gift of gap (laughs) you know thousand percent so ryan williams uh i saw him in the lobby and i and i don't know what made me ask him to be on the podcast and then he he said yes and Honestly, you know, when he said, he's a good, he's like, oh, now I got to figure out how to hook that equipment up. Oh my God. I was just (laughs) shooting brakes, right? So I was like, what what the hell do I do now? Because like he wants to schedule. I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I just literally, I scheduled him out for two weeks. So I had two weeks to prepare. And I spent like literally 19 hours a day. Yeah. Figuring out what all the things that you need to figure out. It's like. It's not that complicated. I probably made it far more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Right? It took you 19 hours a day. <laughs> it would have taken somebody that knows what they're doing about two hours out yeah. of their day. You know? Exactly. So, um, but it was great for me to go through that process yeah. because now I understand it, right? Yeah. Now I can talk about it. Yeah. But the biggest thing to answer your question, what I've gotten out of the podcast is I get to interview people like you guys yeah. and I get to learn from either your story or I get to learn about your business and yeah. I get that one on one. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um and I've interviewed a lot of amazing people. Yeah. And so that's opened up a lot of different doors for me, mm-hmm. right? And it's 
put me in positions that I wouldn't have been in prior to. Yeah. Right? Or knowing people that you would have never <sighs> probably been able to sit down and have a 30 to 60 minute conversation with. Because if you would have reached out to him and said, hey, can I steal 30 to 60 minutes of your time and kind of pick your brain? They, they're they not going to reply back. But when you say, hey, would you want to come get on my podcast? You're bringing them value as well because they understand that there's some attention that you can bring to them that they may not already have. And so, again, you're, you're swapping value. You're giving them a platform to speak about their life stories or experiences and potentially get attention themselves, right? Sure. Where on your podcast, we can get attention to real business owners so that people can become aware of who we are and what we're about and vice versa, right? Sure. And so there's a lot of power in podcasting. And I would say not it may, it may not be the largest money move, you know, or anything. We don't try to make money off of our podcast or anything like that. We could run ads on it and all that, but we just choose not to do it. The value for us is you know, being able to give people information that's valuable, uh, that can impact their life in a positive way. And secondly, the networking capabilities that a podcast brings, you know, in terms of reaching out to high power people or whatever it may be and being able to be in their ecosystem for that 30 or 60 minutes or whatever it is. Um, And again, whether you're learning or whether you're just creating a new contact because usually by the end of a podcast, you've created somewhat of a relationship with an individual that you could reach out to them if you have any needs or whatever it is. And if you interview enough people in a bunch of different areas or industries, now you have a group of people that if somebody that you're coaching is like, hey man, what, who, who do I go to about this or that? You have an entire list of individuals. You can be like, oh, well, you know, I know so-and-so. They do that very, very well. Let me get you over to them and their web design team if that's what you need. Oh, you need marketing. Oh, let's go here. Let's do this or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of power in in podcasting. And if any of you guys have ever thought about doing it, I mean, how long did you kind of think about it prior to launching, you know, kind of kicking the can down the road, so to speak, and delaying what you knew you wanted to do, but maybe there was a little bit of fear and uncertainty there. Like, what can I bring to a podcast? Da, 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 da. Who's going all to these, listen yeah, to me? Yeah, exactly. All the mental shit that starts happening when you yeah. start committing to the podcast. You're right. So I think that, I think I, I looked back and I believe it was somewhere like November 1 or 2. Some, so not literally almost a year ago. Yeah. Like to the day. Yeah. Um, and that's when I signed everything up, right? And I didn't give it a lot of thought because I didn't really know what what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and so here's the thing, though. Here's the most important thing I'd like to get across is that if I had not stepped out of my comfort zone and asked Ryan Williams to be on that podcast— you may have not. Had I may one. not. I may not have a podcast. Today. You could have would have talked mm-hmm. yourself out of it. A thousand. Percent. So you had to get the guest to commit first, and then that forced a commitment on your part in order to follow through, so that you didn't look like a dipshit. Yep. Asking somebody to be on, and then they never hear from you again. Right. Right. So you're you're committing prior to committing, almost. Right. Well, I had to commit myself. Yeah. Right? I had to convince myself to walk up and ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because. 
like you said, fear. It steps yeah. in all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. So, you know, and I kept thinking about that through through your story there because I don't think a lot of business owners really understand the power in just figuring something out. You know what I mean? There's so many times that you get an opportunity presented to you and then the person says yes and you're like, oh shit, what did I do? But at least you're committed to figuring it out. There's so many times a business owner gets an opportunity from another business owner or whatever and they and they reject it and they say, oh, I don't know. That's not up my alley. I'm not an expert in that. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? There's so much power in just saying yes and then yeah, figuring it out, out right? Yeah, right? And if you bring the value and you hit a home run with that client or that you know that guest or whatever like man it turns into something great right mm-hmm. and sometimes you are going to fail you know but you're never going to know unless you actually give it your full effort and so um there's a lot man there's a lot of value in that a lot of people really reject things i'm not a podcaster i don't i don't know how to do that right. what did i just get myself into yeah. and then they end up rejecting it or rescheduling it or you know whatever or they hear no the first time then they don't ask the second time you know what mm-hmm. i mean there's yeah. so many things that that people just reject instead of well, just a, figuring it out like you did. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a good point because he was nervous about going up and asking Ryan to be mm-hmm. on the podcast. And it's funny how many times that you ask when you're nervous that you get the exact answer that you were hoping for. There, people want to help other people. People mm-hmm. will say yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So... And, and it goes back to you being, you know, a sales CEO or right. guru, right? And and do, doing the sales coaching, I think that that's one of the shitty parts about salespeople is they present the information, they build a little bit rapport, and then it comes down to the end, and they don't ask. They have to do the ask. They're almost waiting for the customer to say, "Yeah, that sounds great. Let's move forward." They're waiting for somebody else to say, let's move forward, when that's not their job. Their job is not to be the one to initiate moving forward. Your job is to help initiate them to move forward with whatever product or service that you have been talking about. And so asking is super, super important. And I think not enough people ask for one, help when they want help. Secondly, reach out to people that they may fear or feel weird asking, I'm telling you right now, the majority of people will say yes if you have a question or if you want them to have them on your podcast or maybe create a business relationship. Business people are smart enough to know that the real currency is relationships, right, and attention, right? So if you have a podcast and you can bring them attention, that's valuable to them and they're more likely going to say yes and give you 30 to 60 minutes of their time that way than rather you just picking their brain. Then they're going to want to charge you for their time because their time is valuable. They want something in return for it, you know? So, and you can get all the questions that you may have personally answered right there on the podcast and not necessarily have to pay for it so um <laughs> and that's a great point yeah, that's a good point uh, yeah. yeah such a good point because yeah. you know i've done i don't know close to 100 i think i've published maybe 80 some but guess what i've had 80 to 100 conversations with people that yeah. i want to learn from one-on-one yeah. yeah like that's worth a shit ton of money let me ask you this how have you, how how has your life changed or enhanced over the course of the last year have you adopted new habits uh, changed a morning routine, ate different, you know, I mean, is there any of this stuff that's happened, you know, based upon the fact that you're surrounding yourself constantly with people of success and interviewing them. And now they're kind of in your ecosystem. Your brain is just a, a record of the past. So if all you're putting in is good information because you're interviewing great people, 
then your brain subconsciously starts turning into an individual of success because that's all the input that's going in, right? Yeah. So have there been adjustments or changes in the last year in terms of any of your routines or uh, habits or anything like that that you feel like you've adopted based upon being around, you know, successful people? Or I would say going in, like so going into RTA Live, I yeah. was I was a little nervous because I was kind of in between things. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you guys remember, but I lost. Um, I sold my hormone replacement clinic yeah. in 2018, but it wasn't a good situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, me- I remember the story on that. Yeah, so I exited, <laughs> and so for you know for a good while after that, I was you know things were not good with me. Yeah, I'm just gonna be totally transparent yeah. with you. Like yeah. I I struggled because my confidence was just shattered because I had put so much into this business to build it, and then it, you know it went to this wayside. So whatever. Um, you feel like part of your that that's the partner where you, got sidetracked. I remember. Yes, yes, he did <laughs> with, with a lady friend. Yes, he did. <laughs> that worked yeah. there. right. And I will tell you this too, and this is super important for business owners. I let him handle the finances okay. because that's what the forte, his forte, or we had somebody. Yeah, bad idea. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. I I wasn't on top of that stuff, mm. and that was an awful, awful idea. And then when it when I see the numbers, and I'm like, how. Did this happen? Well, I wasn't on top of it. Which, that's my fault. Yeah. Totally my fault. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, how has my life changed? I would say that uh, my confidence is skyrocketed. Okay. Um, because, like I said, going into Arte, I was just, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, I, I, didn't, I just didn't know. Um, that's one thing. And then, I guess, just the knowledge that I've consumed. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I may have a conversation with whoever on the podcast, and maybe they mentioned a book. And I go read the book, and I really love it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's an example of something that I have done better, right? Um, oh, here's a perfect example. Joey. Yeah, I was just telling him. Mm-hmm. So, Joey does the intro to my podcast, yeah. right? He does the intro to Stuman's podcast. Yeah. He's, I think he's part. Well, he is. He's partners with Stuman's couple of things. Some media stuff, Some, video yeah. stuff, or whatever. Yeah. So, so I met Joey. I, actually, I don't know how I met Joey, but somehow through the podcast, <laughs> and need, and I needed him to do my intro. Yeah. And so I had him on the podcast, and then he did my intro. Does mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah. that's a great yeah. example. Yeah. I didn't have an intro before I brought him on, but I brought him on specifically. To learn about the intro. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, um, I can't get into it too much, but it looks like Joey and I are getting ready to start doing some content creation stuff together. So that okay. that's a perfect example. Of having somebody on, you know, that's added to your life in one way or another, right? Yep. yep. Absolutely. No, that's, that's huge. Cool. That's huge. Let's let's talk about cells. I well, like, yeah, I like talking about sales. cells. Yeah, I got I some love questions sales. on that. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, dude, with you getting into sales, I'm curious from somebody that's an expert in training other other groups. Like, what are some of the biggest or most common hurdles that you're seeing with with people's sales groups or with them personally as a sales agent? Where where what's the most common things that they're missing out on? Well, I think we've hit on one: the ask. Right? Yeah, that's that's always a big one, and then. It's interesting. So let's just say you've got a – let's just take a plumbing company, for example. Sure. Right? Let's just – all right. And then in your plump, in your guys that are out selling your plumbing jobs yeah. are making 40K a year, 50K mm-hmm. a year, whatever it is yeah. they make. Not not a shit ton of money. Yeah. And <clears throat> I what I'm seeing is when they're trying to sell a $30,000 job, they're selling it from their bank account. 
Mm. So you, that's just basically you're projecting your bias on a large job. And Based on your bank account. Yeah, they're like, no exactly. one's going to pay that. No yeah. one's going to pay that because yeah. I couldn't because afford I to pay that. I can never afford yeah. that. So what they yeah. do is they botch it because of their mindset. Their mindset's not so, in the customer's shoes. Yeah. And that's where your mindset has to be yeah. in sales. Yeah. Understanding mm-hmm. them, not necessarily projecting your personal bias <laughs> right. on the situation. Right. You're not selling yourself. Right. You know, there's plenty of young kids that sell solar that's twenty, twenty-five thousand dollar solar packages, you know, and maybe they went into that industry knocking doors selling solar with zero money. Right. But maybe they don't have a house either. Right. You know, but they're knocking on a bunch of people's doors that have houses. Right. right? So they can't necessarily say, Well, I can't afford it. Like Right. Why would I sell it? But they're also selling something yeah. that they don't have. And yeah. so here's the thing. I don't I won't sell anything that I don't believe in. Gotcha. Right? I don't if I didn't believe if I don't I, I just I just don't do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Maybe it's integrity, I don't know, but I just don't feel like it's right for the customer to believe that I have solar panels if I don't have solar panels. Yeah. I can't really speak from experience yeah. about solar panels if I don't have any experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess I could borrow somebody's experience, yeah. which if I were starting out knocking on doors, that's what I would do. Would and I'm not to. saying yeah. people need to lie. I'm saying that I could hear you tell a story about your solar panels, and then I could go to the guy knocking his, knock on his door and share your story. Hmm. I don't have to tell him it's my story. Does that make sense? Do you think that storytelling is super important in sales? It is. And I, you know, because yes. I think some people, there's the, the dry sales reps that are very informational based information about the product or service in most cases doesn't get people excited, but you have to tell a story of how that ultimately can enhance your life. You know, you have to tie it to something else that's potentially meaningful to the customer True, because when somebody's spending money it's definitely not a fun thing usually to do. They look at it as an expense. Mm -hmm. So if you're selling a product or service that enhances their life, the idea is to maybe reframe it as an investment. If you invest into credit repair, you know, that's what we talk about with our credit repair agents. Like, look, an investment has the ability to bring you something in return. Right. Okay. So if somebody spends $150 a month on credit repair, but... Now their interest rates are far better on their credit card, on their car loans, on their home loans. They can now save three to four hundred or five hundred dollars a month. That's an ROI, a return on investment, sure. right? And so the idea is to to show them how it benefits them long term and how there's some sort of return or something that's meaningful to that individual tied back to the product or service. Exactly. You have to tell a story that pulls on the heartstrings of your client or customer mm-hmm. and selling a product yeah. doesn't pull on heartstrings. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't care what the bottle that the water comes. I don't care about the yeah. bottle. I yeah. just care that I'm thirsty and I hydrated. have the water. Yeah. Right. So don't sell me the bottle of water based on the colors and the writing. Yeah. Cause I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if your customer doesn't care about what you're talking about, you got to change that. Yeah. You got to figure out a way to tie it to something that they care about. You have to. Yeah. Most of, oh, sorry. Mark, most of uh, most of my, my clients or affiliates that I work with have sales groups, right? And one of the biggest problems that I see with these groups is a lot of their sales guys don't know how to sell without being high pressure. 
because they lack the ability to build like connection connection with people, right? Which is a big part of that, like what we're talking about. Sometimes these stories are really just to build rapport and connection. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. I, I've been reading a lot of Seth Godin's books. Yeah, do you yeah. ever read those? <laughs> you yeah, have it. Do you need do you need water? Oh, no, I no, I suck um, down the water. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right down the wrong too. We've all done yeah. that. Uh, but man, I've been reading a lot of his books, and it's so it's like, oh my gosh, like. It's, there's more power than I even thought was there because people all have this huge need to actually like belong to something, right? Like they want they, – and if you can figure out how through your storytelling to convert somebody to your product because you made them feel like they belong to something, like they connect with something, not only – do you, one, not have to use high pressure to sell in that way, but two, you're going to keep that customer for a long period of time. A lot of groups I've worked with in the past, their guys are high pressure. They lose 30% of their deals. Mm. So they're never really growing. They're always just chasing to keep up with cancellations and, and all these things because they don't know how to sell with stories and connection. So when you say they're selling high pressure, give me an example of what you mean high pressure. Grab your balls, man. Grab that credit card and let's do this. Yeah. Oh, what do you got to ask your wife for permission? Who wears the pants in the house? You know, you know things really? like that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh man. Oh yeah. There's like, and and me and Trev and I came from <laughs> yeah. working in a call center where that was normal, yeah. right? And we had to learn the hard way that like, dude, uh, when we start owning our own companies, like, dude, that stuff's like kind of fun and maybe funny to the guys around you <laughs> and all this stuff, but it doesn't work long term. Because sometimes people will buy because they just want, want to get you off the phone yeah. or get you off the door or get you, you know, get out of the area. But dude, they're going to think better and go home and think about it and they're going to cancel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, man, I mean, and that's just a couple extreme examples. There's other high pressure tactics that sure. people do like, um, you know, just like well there's there, there's different tactics that i see is either you're beating somebody down to where they feel worthless and they want to make a decision at that point or you're lifting somebody right. up or hitting too uh, hard a, on in, fear in, right? in a positive way right so you could sell in a negative manner like talking down at somebody or you could sell in a manner where you're creating real connections and you're lifting that individual up if you're selling a product or service that may potentially make that individual money it's one thing like, look, dude, you know, you, you're you not going to be able to send your kids to college. You, you can't go on vacation. Like, how can you look at yourself in the mirror and know that you're not giving it everything that you can in order to live a better life? Like, that's the beat down, right? Right. That's like, fuck, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I do need to do something. Right. And that's the method of a beat down salesperson. Like, push them down, make them see their own shit like really bad and they're in a bad spot to where they're going to want to change. Sure. Because usually people change when they're in a bad place, right? right? That's when change usually really happens. But there's another way of selling that I prefer a little bit more than, you know, the beatdown method is more of a motivational speaker. Sure. Right? Like, let's uplift you. Like, look, Inspire. you've done... You, yes, exactly. You've done everything that you can up to this point and you realize that you're not getting it done the way that you want to get it done. You understand that changes definitely need to be made, correct, Corey? Yes. Okay, perfect. So the idea is I'm going to lay out a pathway to where change can happen. And if you see the ability to you know, live a better life through this information that I'm about to display to you, are you ready to take action today? Are you ready to move forward provided I can lay it out and it's understandable to you? 
You know what I mean? Like, yes. And build them up. Like, hey, I'm going to show you something that has true potential, but I just want to make sure that you're ready and you're committed to yourself and you're ready to make a change. You lead a horse to water, can't make him drink thing. I can show you, lead you the whole way, but I'm not, I'm not going to be able to force you to make a decision at the end of the call. You have to actually really be ready for a change in your own life in order for me to be able to serve you the way that I want to. Right. right? And that's more of a build up, mm-hmm. like in a positive way, helping yep. them see that right because if you you know if everybody that's listening if you heard the the tonality difference right in your voice yep when you sold with fear Mm -hmm. entirely different than when you laid out the plan yeah right and so that's super important that your tonality matches what you're saying Mm -hmm. right so if your tonality uh is what 37 percent of how people communicate yeah body language is 55 percent. so everybody that's listening think about this your emails that go out, mm. they're only hitting 7% because it's just words. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. getting any. That's why video is so important yeah. now. Yeah. And so it's unbelievably effective, especially in sales. It is. It's, yeah. you know, I've closed more people doing video, mm-hmm. literally sending them a video after I have a conversation every time. Yeah, that's what we do. It's that's insane. what we do at Easier Accounting. Mm-hmm. And at first, it's weird, right? Because it's different, it's new. Like, Salespeople are probably the worst when it comes to making changes. They get really stuck in their way, especially if they're halfway decent. They think that they have it figured out. And when you try to bring something new in, there's a lot of pushback in that area. I would say salespeople are very very bad at being open-minded and I'm guilty of that myself. I was very superstitious. Sure. You know, I had my certain ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. I would even have a certain song that I would play before I'd get on a sales call, right? Like, so I had my systems and processes down of, of how I liked to be as a salesperson. And then when something comes into my ecosystem that's a little bit different, I glitch out a little bit. Yeah. You <laughs> kind know? of reject it naturally. Yeah, you, know? you reject it. Like, I've got to figure it out. I'm doing okay. Like, I don't need your help, right? right? And I would say that that's basically the, the, the thorn in the rose, so to speak. It sure. might still be a rose. That might be a good salesperson, but there is still a thorn there. Um, on their side that they need to address in order to hit new levels. And we talked about this on the Monday morning meeting. We did, man. We actually um, talked about tonality. We, we talked, talked about all this. Yeah, we talked, we talked about this is, uh, building connections yeah. and, and how the words are really only 10%. And, yeah. and we talked, information. And we talked about monitoring other sales reps as well. Even if you're the best sales rep, monitor. Like maybe you take one different approach, whether it is their tonality, whether it is maybe the way that they build rapport, maybe it is the way that they finish their sales call or whatever it is. There's always room for improvement. And basically we stated like, if you're not doing that, welcome to your peak because you're already there. And if you want growth, you have to ultimately grow. And the only way to grow is by monitoring and listening to other people and continuing to focus on yourself and be open to changes or tweaks, which is, again, a very difficult thing to do for salespeople. But when they finally flip that switch, there's a whole new world that's available to them or a whole new level. The key word is willingness, you know? man. Like yeah, you willing. got to be willing to adapt, yeah. learn, evolve. Because the, the markets around us always are, man. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of kids uh, when I was young and their dads were like badass car salesmen and shit. Now they work in like a mattress store that nobody comes into. You know what I mean? Because everyone's buying their mattresses on Amazon or <laughs> right. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's, you know, and they're just kind of just dead end because they weren't willing to adapt and change and evolve. And so it's such a great point because if you think about it, you know, when, especially older salespeople or, or seasoned, we'll say, seasoned salespeople. Yeah. 
hard to change yeah. because they have their mindset is I did great at my last job. Yeah. I'm going to do great at this job just doing the bare minimum, mm-hmm. so to speak, because I have the experience. Well, you got to be coachable. Yeah. You have to be yeah. able to learn and you do have to open your mind up to different things mm-hmm. because guess what? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found more times than not, like if I don't know something and I take a, a leap of faith and step out to try it, if I get a gut feeling about it, usually I, I'm, I'm glad that I did. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, at least you have the experience of knowing, right? Like even if you try to make a change and it doesn't work, that's okay. Sure. You know, we've made some adjustments this last week with one of our businesses that are a couple blocks down from this building. So we have two offices. And we flat out said, like, look, if you're gonna, if we're gonna change something, like, here's the deal: we we need to stay on the offense as a company. We always have to be changing ahead. We don't wait till something negative happens and then pivot after the fact. Right. Let's stay on the offense and always be figuring out a way to get just a little bit better. So here's the change that we're gonna make. Now we're asking you guys to buy in a hundred percent. The only way to know if this is going to work and get us to the next level is if you guys are all bought in. So I'm asking you guys to give us 100% of your effort for the next four weeks so that we have factual data to go off. Because again, salespeople hate change. And so there was a change that happened. And so we had to basically state, dude, you guys need to buy into this change because it has the ability to benefit you guys if it works. Sure. Right? But in some cases, if you make a change, they could be like, you know, I don't like this change or whatever. You know, let's just kind of go through the motions for four weeks and let's go back to the way that we've always done it. Right? So it's it's helping salespeople see their own bullshit. Yeah. You know? Um in terms of how close-minded they are or, you know, uh, in some cases, good salespeople can be more, instead of confidence, egotistical to where they think that they have it all figured out and nobody can teach them anything because they make 150 grand a year right. or 200 grand a year. And, maybe, I, and, I'm, and I'm guilty of that myself, right. like yeah. being young and making a lot of money. Like nobody could tell me what to do. Right. I'd look at people, well, I prob- I make more money than that person or that person or that person, right? right? And you can always learn from anybody at different levels. It doesn't necessarily matter that you make more than them, you know? Right. I mean, do a prime example. Buying in is so huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we don't allow ourselves to do it sometimes and we miss the benefit. Yes. And like even something like Arte. Yeah. Right? Like, Nah, this just seems like another thing to get money out of me. Because, dude, I came from – I sold coaching for a period of time in my life, and it was bullshit coaching. So naturally, I'm like – something's happened to me where I'm like, you know, coaching's bullshit. Right. Right? I don't need coaching. Sure. It's it's like – so I don't allow myself to just buy into it. But because the more I, you know, opened up and was willing to, like, learn from these guys in in Arte – the, the more I bought into it and the more I bought into it, the more benefits I've got from yeah. it. So buying in yeah. and just allowing yourself to buy in is, is so huge. Yeah. But there are things out there which are sketchy or scammy and you don't want to buy into those. And yeah. so it is kind of a hard thing. I guess you do got to trust your gut a lot, you know? Yeah. Sounds like you're, you know, from yeah. already from talking to you, you're one of those. You kind of, you operate a lot on your gut. I Intuition. do. Gut feeling. Yeah. Right. Just I do. listen to yourself. Yes. So would you would you say like are you a spiritual dude or not so much? So or, you I know? you know I believe in God, the universe, whatever yeah. you know um, higher power, higher power. Mm-hmm. So for me, 
not, I'm not saying religious. Like I'm not, I'm not, not saying religious. religious. Yeah. I'll, I'll just tell you that I'm not religious yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't go to church. Uh, my like, brother's a meditator. Even, do you do like any I of that stuff? I do meditate like, like ten minutes a day. Yeah, and and I got to be totally honest. Like I've really dropped the ball in the last couple of months. I have to big time. I have to because when COVID first hit. You know, and we couldn't go to the gyms or whatever, so we'd go out. I'd go out running or whatever, and I saw Kel a couple times out running because we live close by. But then I'd go home and meditate, and I was doing it religiously, and I felt great, you know. But then when things start opening back up, when we get back into the office, you know, your routines change a little bit because now the gym's open, so I go to the gym, and then sometimes I'm there a little longer than I'd like, so I don't have the five or ten minutes or whatever. But I, I definitely need to get back to that because I felt different. You feel better. Mm-hmm. You vibrate a, a little bit different of a frequency. And it's almost like when we're at a low place, we've talked about this before, we, we're, we're a little bit more open to try new things to bring us out of the rut. And then once we're out of the rut, we stop doing all those things that brought us out of the rut. And so you find yourself going up and you're like, I'm good. And then yep. it's just this slow descent back to reality, right? Right. Um, we're back into that rut. Yeah. Uh, so routines and, and doing things consistently are super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy to do. We're we're there's two we're of human. us right yeah. here yeah. freaking admitting that you know yes we do it but we've kind of slacked on it a little bit yeah. and it's okay. It's just being aware of it and trying to be more conscious of you know getting it done uh, on a regular basis as as much as you possibly can. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So how how do you meditate? Do you mind me asking that? What what do you do to meditate? So yeah, no, like, you, do you use you, an you, app. Or yeah, 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 yeah. It's an app called Waking Up. But you know, that's what I did at first because when you first start doing it, I was just doing it by myself for like the first few, like just trying to close my eyes. But then I'd peel my eyes open like after thirty seconds, like my ADD kicks Felt in. Like I'm 10 just like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit, I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed. Like this is stupid. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a mover, I'm a shaker, I'm a doer, right. and I'm just sitting on my back porch with my eyes closed. And so, you know, uh, I'd constantly be opening my eyes. And so I realized like I need a little bit of assistance here. I don't even know how to meditate. Right. And so that's why I downloaded an app and put something in my ears to where it can like walk me through. Okay, make sure you're focusing on your breathing. Okay, open your mind. You know, yeah. And so that I have a guide. So that kind of just guided me for a period of time. And I felt like I was getting into a pretty good rhythm. And then I stopped using the app because I don't want to be dependent on it. You know, I want to get to the point where I can just sit down and and meditate, you know, wherever I'm at, whenever uh, I need to. Um, So I, I bet that that's when I started veering off of it, right. you know, <laughs> is is when I started doing it more myself and not using the guided meditation as much because I don't think I was seeing as much benefit. I think I pulled off too quick, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I, I don't have it down yet, right? Sure. So I need to get back to using Have you ever connected up. with Phil in the Arte? Phil Davies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He, he told me about an app, and so that was the first time I'd ever done a meditation app. And I'm laying in, I'm laying in bed at a hotel room. And I decided to throw it on. Uh, and I'd done a few, but there's different people you can get guided meditation sure. from. Yeah. I found this one where it was like, you know, just try and relax your body. Um, every time you breathe out a little bit more, you know, and it started saying like, you know, feel how heavy your legs are and then your arms. And like, so I'm doing it, man. I'm just like listening. And all of a sudden it felt like I was falling. Right. And so I, I woke up. I like, I didn't allow myself to really go into that, that trance. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that happened to me two yet. times, yeah. man, but I've never yeah. been able to get back to that yeah. level. Well, yeah. guess what? Let me tell you what that was. What? You were hypnotized. Yeah. That Seriously. Yeah. Like, I, I, I 
I, I'm a hypnotist, so to speak. I don't practice it, but I know how to do it. Uh-huh. And so that's exactly what that was. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And so when they take you through all that stuff, it's just keeping your awareness to your body. And, and you do go into that kind of a trance meditative state. Yeah. Um, and apparently you can tap into your subconscious sure. and, and, and uh, Absolutely. You know, grow there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So here's a good example. Um, I am, all right, so shut your eyes and, and, and let me take you through this really quick. You'll enjoy this. All right, okay. so if you're driving, <laughs> follow along. <laughs> Especially if you're on the freeway at night, turn your headlights off so nobody sees you doing this. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. So think about full disclaimer. Don't do that. <laughs> so think about walking into your kitchen, right? And you're coming in from, let's just say vacation, right? And you walk in and everything looks normal. And then you open the refrigerator and something looks just a little bit off. You can't really figure out what it is. And then you realize that there's a bowl of lemons there, right? And so you you take out the lemons because it's odd that they're there. And you're like, well, I might as well cut one of the lemons. You take out a knife and... When you cut into the lemon, you smell that lemon zest, right? That smell, that effort, effort, whatever the word is, that you smell the lemon, the peel, uh, effervescence, I think is the word I was looking for. And when you, when you cut that lemon open, you pick it up, you smell it, it smells so good, and you just take a bite of it. Now, is your mouth watering? Mine did, dude. And you know what's crazy is when you said take out a knife and cut it, I had that little smell of lemon before you even said anything about the aroma (laughs) or the about the scent. I literally caught like that fresh, zesty. So that's that's hypnosis. Yeah, I mean that's that's a small version of it, but you know, I want to play off that a little bit. I want to play off of that. (laughs) <laughs> no, for real. I want to play off that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because how much you know? he sells is hypnotism, no, right? You know, uh, well, I want to play off that in terms of, uh, you know, how easy it is to trick your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How easy it is to trick your mind. Right. Like, dude, we've all had dreams that we thought were real that weren't even real. Right. Right? Like your mind, look at virtual reality. You yep. put on a fucking set of goggles and then people are like, whoa, whoa. And they look like idiots in the living room and because there's nothing around them. But your mind is being tricked in that moment. Right. Okay. And so the idea is it goes back to self-improvement. Like you can actually trick your mind to believe that you're something that you're not prior to being that. And right. And the idea mm-hmm. is, again, start identifying with this individual that you want to be. Start visualizing it like we just visualized yeah. going to the kitchen and cutting that open to the point to where you could smell the citrus and you could feel it at a whole different level. Feel what it feels like to be in the best shape of your life, if that's one of your goals. Feel what it feels like to be disciplined, to sacrifice, to save money. You know, Project out like what it feels like to live in your new home because you did save your money, right? Start tying not the fact that, well, I want to save money. 
tied the importance of saving money to you sitting in that home looking out the back porch with a beautiful view or whatever it is. You can be in those moments prior to ever seeing those moments and then your brain will start working towards those goals subconsciously. That's right. right? So Well your mind's you, either tricking you or you're tricking, you can it, trick in almost, it, man. You, you know, know? Yeah. and yeah. I actually have a quick little true story about that because when I was in my first marriage Super overweight, super unhappy. Uh, before I'd ever gone through any, you, you were know, still a fucking stud, though. Everything. <laughs> you were yeah. still a stud. Still just stud. because you felt yeah, that. Yeah, I could out drink anyone. Yeah, yeah. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you were still a stud. But dude, I, I had such bad anxiety that I was having panic attacks all the time. Really? Literally, I left a business meeting one time because I had a panic attack. Huh. I told dude I was going to the bathroom. I got my car, went home. Holy shit! Yeah, and uh, one day. And I was reading this book about health, which actually made it worse because I was just like, I'm going to have a heart attack, man. I'm going to leave these kids. I don't have life insurance. Like, I'm thinking about all this stuff because I'm mm. in the very, very beginning stages of my business. And I'm just thinking about all these things. And I kept having panic attacks. And then as I started taking better care of myself and I started taking control of my mind back, I realized that all this anxiety was, in theory, my mind tricking me, right? Mm, oh Creating yeah. yes. me, allowing it to create all these stories of things that are bad that can happen to me. And one day I took control back. And I literally, I remember being out on a run one day and I was like, why am I allowing all of this worry, which is just projections of things that I think could happen but aren't happening, <laughs> control me? I am done worrying. Bro, I've never had a panic attack again in my life. It took some work to get to that point sure. of working on my health and working on, on my mental reprogramming. Right. But I literally have never had a panic attack since then. I think that you could probably eliminate most panic attacks by visualizing, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I don't personally have it. My wife has mm -hmm. them and she's explained it and it sounds awful. But I feel like if there's there – and I'm not downplaying people that have anxiety attacks. I'm just thinking that if you visualize – the next time this whatever happens when you feel like it's coming on, mm -hmm. if there's a like, you know, it's like habit, even, right? even meditating, going to meditate, right. putting something in guide and breathe and, you know, basically becoming conscious in that moment where you feel like I think that you're just kind of mentally on autopilot. So your brain's going wherever it wants to go. And once you start down that rabbit hole, here it comes, you mm -hmm. know, here it comes, you yeah. know, but you have to be a little bit more of a conscious individual, self-aware, um, as, as we say, um, to where you're like, okay, it's starting to happen. And maybe at that point, peel off, close your eyes and start doing your positive affirmations. Sure. You know, I am good enough. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, uh, strong. I am healthy. I am disciplined. I am in the best shape of my life. I am in control. I, you know, whatever you need to go through in terms of your I am's, just to remind yourself that you are a, a badass that is the creator of your universe, so to speak, right? And I, and I don't think enough people do that. They're just letting their mind kind of take over. And if you have panic attacks or anxiety, you have to be self-aware enough to admit that usually those are kicking up when you're you, when you don't feel like that you're in control and you're just kind of going through life sure and it's there it comes at you right and and you're not you've got to have a defense 
set up? What's the defense mechanism? Is it five or ten minutes away by yourself where you meditate? Is it, you know, reminding yourself you're a badass through I am affirmations? Is it, you know, maybe there's a motivational video that you watch for two to three minutes that really pumps you up and you feel like you're going down. Find something that you can do on the defensive side when you start seeing that come into your ecosystem that, that you use as a, a trigger moment, mm-hmm. right? Like, exactly. okay, this is starting to happen. It's going to trigger me to do what, right? And right. that's up to the individual to decide. But that's just taking full control of their life and of their mind, not letting their mind take full control of them. Right. right? So in that trigger, just like you said, so you can trigger – the trigger could be I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of the anxiety mm-hmm. attack or – the trigger yeah. can be one of the things that you listed. I'm going to go on a walk. That's what my wife does. She'll okay. go, she'll yeah. walk. Walks she'll she'll great like, thing. hey, yes. Instead of we instead I of need fresh air, about, sun, and go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So she'll say, hey, um, we need to take a walk immediately. Trigger. I know what that means. Yeah, let's like, go. I don't need yeah. to know anything else. Let's yeah. walk. Yeah. And we walk, and she's good. Yeah. But you know, it's that, that's a game plan. She's ready for it and prepared for it, right? right? And I think a lot of people are just letting it happen to them. And they have to admit that they're really not taking full control of their situation yeah. or accountability of their situation because they're just letting it happen. Uh, right? I feel you, like people that truly are like, no, it's an illness. I can't control it or whatever are kind of in that mindset. Yeah. They're like, I, I can't control it. Just it just is what it is. It's just what's happening to me. Yes. You right. know, but the people that and are that. willing to really practice and reprogram and, yes. and do the things consistently that help clear their minds so that they get through those those attacks or those, those anxiety feelings over and over and over again, eventually I think that they can build the self-control to choose not to have them anymore. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think that I, I just – I'm going to give the mind the credit that it deserves. I think it's far more powerful than what people give it credit for, whether it's positive or negative. Yes. Okay? So uh, either side, it holds ultimate power. So if you're letting it just do what it wants, you're going to find yourself in ruts or in a bad place. Again, pulling off of the things that we know we should be doing, we find ourselves in a rut because we end up going back to just not being conscious and aware of some of the routines that we have that kept us at a high point, right? right? And when we pull off of that, then your brain starts being on autopilot. You're not conscious and in control of your habits or your routine. So then you start feeling the lull. And then you start taking control again of your mind and start doing some of those habits that pulled you. And then you find yourself raising back up again. Do you know what the best book for that is? Hmm. On audio, though. Because I read it and I did it on audio. It's Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I've talked oh, about it before because yeah. my son read it before me. That. But, dude, the audio's is it great? So epic, the, bro. Because so the there's, there's Napoleon Hill voice interviewing the devil, and then there's a different guy's voice, which is the devil's voice, huh. you know, in response. Mm. And so you're kind of listening to this dialogue back, and, back forth, and forth, and it's all about how the devil controls your mind, mm. whether you think it's the devil or, or if it's just yeah. your own internal sure. bullshit. Sure. Like, dude, the, the, that book is so gangster for for understanding what you just barely said. Um, I'm, I'm reading a book right now called um, Best Self, Be You But Better. I saw that on your Or desk, something yeah. like that, you know? And it talked about identifying two different parts of your brain and actually naming it something, mm. right? So he called his, when it was, his brain was being negative, he called it minus. Minus mm. is coming at me right now. And then he called the, the positive side of his brain Merlin. Mm-hmm. And so when something when something negative is happening, he's like, okay, Minus is taking over. I need Merlin to come in. Right. And so he gives characteristic characteristic traits to Merlin. Right. And to Minus. 
And so that he knows if he's acting in a specific way or thinking in a specific way, Minus has control of his brain at that moment, and he needs to give it back over to Merlin, which is the wizard right. uh, that's the no that's confident, that knows all, that he can combat evil, you know, things like that. And so he's created these two mental characters, a negative character, because we all fucking have them. Sure. And then he created a positive character, kind of the superhero, his life superhero. And so he gets back over to Merlin when he needs to when he when his mind is going in a negative place. He's like Okay, Merlin, take over. Like he's literally kind of talking to himself sure. and he's giving all the characteristics. He's confident, he's strong, he's positive, he's a force for good, you sure. know, all of these things. And so he gives control back to Merlin and so that he can make better decisions and be in more of a positive place. And Stuman talked about that when we interviewed him on the podcast about identifying mm-hmm. your enemy. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of, you know, he calls it the force of average. He sure. wants to identify negative things coming at you as the force of average. So he's like, oh, well, that's just the force of average. I need to overcome that. Sure. Rather than, oh, you know, I got in a car accident. I'm all upset. You know, you can right. just name it something to where you have the ability to then overcome that it. It was a similar right. similar concept in terms of negative thinking, having that individual be named something and then the yeah. positive thinker in you. And you just kind of combat it that way where you can actually identify it. I think the problem is, is it goes so far south mm. before you even identify it. And then you're at a low place and you're like, fuck, I'm in a low place. Yeah. And then you're like, I've got to do something about it. And you wait till you get to the low before you make the change, right? Right. When we don't necessarily have to do that, you can, as long as you're identifying it with something like these negative traits or negative thoughts, you can switch that over. So I thought weird. that was super interesting. Humans are weird, right? Yeah. We are fucking <laughs> weird, sure. dude. It's no, a, but you're right. Um, this human experience is just a big game, and it's just a matter of fi- figuring out the tricks right, to yeah. kind of game it life, game your yeah. brain, game business. You know, how do, how do we play all these various games and create personal relationships? That's a whole different game. Mm-hmm. You know, business is a whole different game. You know, uh, self-improvement. Right. So, yeah. you know, I mean, bro, it's things, a mental game, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's exciting to embark on something new, right? It's exciting to find out new shit that you can do. Like if you want to call it biohacking, whatever you want to call it. It's cool to find out, well, maybe not this one, but standing in a shower for five minutes. A cold shower, I should have said. Yeah. that Nothing fun about that. But the feeling you get after you get out of the shower and you're unfrozen is pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's there's studies that back up that yeah. you get you know I can't I, I don't know I don't know exactly the the scientific terms but essentially you're um, I believe you're uh, it does something with your neurons right yeah yeah basically it's activating them to the point where they're screaming at you like get out of the shower but they're hyper aware of what's going on then when you remove yourself of that you've got these neurons that are basically at the surface you're hyper aware you feel really good yes right and so you bring up a point like yeah it doesn't feel good nobody wants to do that but you feel great after and i think that's another issue that a lot of people they they only do things that feel good to them in that moment right. and things that feel good in yeah. the moment usually aren't Instant the things that that, uh, that benefits you long term right. exactly it's so just like doing something extreme man you feel alive you go in and step in an MMA ring and fight another human being you feel alive you yeah. go jump out of an airplane with a parachute on you know you feel alive the same thing getting out of the cold shower man you yeah. know, once you come to you're like oh I feel alive I yeah. Yeah. Going, right? yeah that's exactly right right yeah. Yeah. But so, so 
Oh, oh, I was just gonna say, dude, I wanna I wanna talk more to you about sales yeah. though, because I want people to understand like if if I'm gonna hire a sales trainer, you know, like they right. wanted to reach out and hire you, like, man, what are some of the things that you really do to go in and hit home with a group or an owner and what are the biggest things that you work on and when do you fly to them? Do you do it over it the depends. phone? Yeah, you know, it depends on whatever the customer client needs. Yeah. I mean, I will do whatever. But yeah. usually I mean ba- you'll do whatever. Zoom. No. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I'll do whatever for I'll the do, right I'll price. I'll do whatever. Just yeah. Ha- yeah. Just Hire can't. me. I'll do yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I had to. Th- I had to yeah, throw you yeah, a curveball. He totally threw me a curveball. <laughs> Mentally, he's so, still trying to shoot that curveball. So part of uh, what I think back to sales yeah. is that you know it's mindset's a huge, Absolutely. huge thing. Yeah. Um, and really, culture is yeah. a big thing. Good gracious, yeah. And you can true. have. This is the thing. You guys can have your core values posted on every wall in this place, right? And you guys may go by the core values. And you may think your employees go by the core values. Just because it's hung up or whatever. But, you know, if they're in a different building, you don't really know what they're doing. And so you believe as the business owner, everything's going great. Culture's good because Mm -hmm. you're the business owner. Of course it's good in front of you. Mm -hmm. But when you step away or when they step away – it's a shit show, and yeah. that is alarming to a lot of business owners because they're like, well, wait a minute, how how is this possible? I, I've got a great culture. Mm, you got a great culture in front of you, yeah, but you don't have a great culture. The the, the water cooler culture might be a little bit different. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of those. So sometimes I'll things. have conversations with you know the, the top salespeople on yeah. the teams that manage the teams, and, yeah. and they'll even say to me, like, yeah, man, you know, the owner, he's just sitting up in his office doing nothing. I'm like, why would you tell me that? Why would you tell me that? <laughs> I can so that see that happening. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you not know why we're having this conversation? Yeah. It's certainly not so you bash your balls yeah. and the guy that hired me to help you. Yeah. Why are you worried about what he's doing when he, you right. know, if you're a sales rep, your income's based on your performance, Right. right? Exactly. You know, he started the business. He has the luxury of doing that if that's what he decides to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, he's reached out to somebody else to help in an area that maybe he's tried and failed in terms of culture or sales or whatever it is. Sure. Hence, you're on the phone with him. But that's an individual that's projecting um, their problems onto somebody else rather than just taking ownership. Right. You know, uh, well, the same, time, the same thing with the owner, man. He hasn't created a culture of accountability with yeah, people individually in there. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Because really true leadership is, is you, know, you got to be the leader of you, but if yeah. you are leading other people, you got to take accountability for other people not taking accountability. Sure. Yeah. You know, no, so there's, true. there's levels there's, of that shit. Yeah. So I'm sure you identify a lot of that stuff yeah. when you're going into a group like that. Sure. And in, in, in identifying what the problem is, is certainly part of the process, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've got to figure out where the holes in the boat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We all know what that means. And there's always holes. Always. And guess what? As the business owner, you don't want to believe there's holes. You don't want to believe that something's fucked up in your business yeah. because that's your business. That's your yeah. baby. You yeah. built it. Yeah. You don't. So it's hard for you as the business owner to even reach out to somebody like me because well, it's you almost don't like think. a parent giving right. their child credit, right? Like we we sometimes turn the other cheek a little bit more so because it's our child, right? Right, and it might be the same for a business. You know, we're giving it maybe a little too much credit. Because it is paying our bills or whatever, and we turn the other cheek maybe a little 
too much sometimes mm-hmm. rather than just jumping in and addressing what needs to be addressed when it needs to be addressed. Sure. I know I've been guilty of that at times when I see something and I'm like, I, I give, I, I'll give the, my staff the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, like, uh, if you sell enough people, well, we're going to have problems. Right. Like that's just part of the process, sure. right? And so I'll chalk it up. It can't be my our, our people or our pro. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's just an asshole. When in reality, there's always room for improvement, as you stated. That individual was an asshole for a reason. What's the reason, and how can we plug that hole? Sure. And so asking yourself specific questions is super important, and I don't think that people do that enough. I think that they're just looking at their business. Man, I want to make more money. Man, I want to make more money. But are you asking, like, where are the holes in my business? Right. You know, like, you're, you're just saying, I want to make more money. So reverse engineer it a little bit and, and start with the problem and see why that problem exists whether it's oh my salespeople aren't performing okay well why why wouldn't they be do i not have the leads that they need right oh now that's not the case we have plenty of leads you know do i create a culture to where they love where they show up to work uh, i guess i'm slacking there i'm up in my office too much or whatever right sure. again ask, <laughs> doing nothing you have to go through a series of questions because all you're doing when you come in is you're going through a series of questions to identify the problems yes okay but the business owner is not asking those same questions when they very well potentially could be and start identifying things for themselves. Some people might not financially be ready to invest into somebody, but that's a perfect tip right there to where you need to start asking yourself, you know, these specific questions. One, do they have the leads that they need? You know, do they have the education they need and the sales training that they need? Cool. Is culture good? So these are a few things, right? Leads, training, and culture are probably three big things when it comes to creating a strong sales team, right? Yeah, and asking for the sale. Yes. That's the biggest thing. It's unbelievable to me that people walk away and they just won't say, hey, uh, you know, Trevor, let's go ahead and move forward. Why Why is there a, whatever, you, a thousand different things you could say, but they just don't, they won't ask for the money. And if they do ask for the money and then there's a no, I don't think that they do a good enough job of probing why they got the no. So, hey, Corey, let me ask you this. Is it a money issue? Is that why you can't move forward today? Is it the financial commitment or is, you know, trying to start, again, asking questions? Right. Mm-hmm to start removing potential scenarios out of the way? Or did I not just give you enough information in order for you to make an educated decision? Because I'm a firm believer in individuals making an educated decision. And how you do that is by getting all the facts and figures and getting all your questions answered. Have I given you enough facts and figures today, Corey? Yes. Yes. Okay. Have I answered all your questions? Yes. Okay. So what's holding you back from from taking that next step that you and I both know is the right decision? I'm not saying it's an easy decision. And in most cases, the right decision isn't the easy decision. So you and I both know that you can benefit from this, right? Right. And if it didn't cost you anything, you would probably move forward right now, wouldn't you? Yes. So the only thing that you're, that's stopping you is the fact that money has to go out today in order for you to, to start working with my company? That's right. Okay. So let's start talking about, again, some of the facts and figures that we brought up last time and how this can ultimately benefit you because maybe I didn't cover that well enough because obviously you're not seeing it from my angle. Now, I have the benefit of seeing what our previous customers have benefited from purchasing this product, so I'm a little bit biased. I'm aware of the value that we bring to the table, but 
let's go ahead and get in a little bit deeper so that you can see the ROI, the return on your investment here with us today, because I want to make sure that you feel good when you execute that yes. Yeah, and know, have an alternative. Whatever it is. Right, and have an alternative, right? Yeah. So if it's a $25,000 project, yeah. right? Maybe financing. Why would I say yeah. to you, hey, um, by the way, it's twenty five grand, and why would I start with that? Yeah. Okay. Now, if it's a, if that's your plan mm-hmm. to say, hey, it's twenty five grand. However, this is what we've got in financing, or in your in the situation, this can pay for ourselves. We just did right, or you could just say, well, hey, I, I may not have told you about the financing. Let me explain how this can only be three hundred bucks a month. Three hundred bucks a month sounds a hell of a lot better than twenty five grand. Yeah. Right to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Let, let me break down how this is ultimately going to pay for itself. Right. right. You know what I mean? And not then, a, not only in the financing and the bit. payments, but in how that is going to bring an ROI, yeah. like we talked about yeah. earlier. Because exactly. a lot of people are going to have a hard time saying no if they're like, man, 300 bucks for 25 grand, 300 bucks a month for 25 grand, but it's going to pay me another 2000 a month in my business. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. By having this or that or whatever it is that you're selling. So right. the idea of sales is to make uh, – the yes decision, the easiest decision that they've ever made, yes. right? So if you if you haven't gone through a good presentation and you haven't built rapport with the customer and, uh, again, help them understand how that product will enhance their life, they're going to come to the conclusion of no. So the idea is is to really have the, the prospects see things from your perspective rather than from their perspective, okay? Right. Because – you know, again, their perspective is they want to hold on to the money that they have and they hold it close and they work hard for their money. So they don't want to just to just go easily. Right. And so make sure that you're breaking things down enough and building enough rapport where they know you like you and trust you right. to where when they execute that they feel good about it. And it's just make it easy for them to say yes. Break it down in a way that it, it is almost a no brainer to where you would be an idiot not to move forward. And and just giving facts and figures or talking about the product isn't going to do that for you. Sure. You know? No, so. you're, you're absolutely right. So one of the things, too, you know, three-day right of rescission, yeah, right? Yeah, Everybody knows what yeah, that is. Yeah. And, and most salespeople dread it, if you're, especially if you're shady, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One way that you can fix not getting that three-day right of rescission phone call from the client is, you know, literally say to the client, Hey, you know, I have an uncomfortable question for you. I just want to make sure that, you know, that you're not going to call me tomorrow and, and cancel whatever it is, the product or service. You're not going to cancel. I just want to make sure that I covered everything today because, you know, I want to make sure that we don't get that call tomorrow. Something along those lines, right? Yeah, I don't want to waste your time or mine. And, right. You know what I mean? Right. I want this to be a thing so, that you yeah. see through and I help yeah. you see through and, right. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you talk about the fact there's a three-day right yeah. over You talk about it. You yes. have a conversation. It before it even yeah. becomes an issue. Yeah. Exactly. At the very end, mm-hmm. okay, now that we're moving forward, if you got the yes, just so that you're aware, Corey, there is a three-day right to, to cancel this process. Now, I want a, a commitment from you right now before onboarding you and going through this entire process that you're committed to seeing this through and doing what yeah. it takes for you to be successful or whatever, again, depending on what it is, and then recommit them after you discuss 
that they have the three. I just don't want to get a call in one or two days. So if you're on the fence about it, you know, maybe it's not the best time to move forward. But based upon our conversation, you seem like a great decision maker and uh, an a committed person. And, and, that's what and, I'm yeah, going to Exactly. Say. An yeah, individual. You, that's, I don't think I need to worry about yeah, this with you, but I'm going to yeah, go ahead and cover exactly. with you anyway. So, so build them up that yeah. they're one, a good decision maker and an individual mm-hmm. of commitment that you're not necessarily worried about it with them, but it's something that you just have to cover. So you're building them up and they're like, yeah, I am a committed individual. I am a decision maker. Right. You know, uh, exactly. and see things through or whatever it may you be. You know what so. I think the number one problem is in sales is listening. Oh, you know what I mean? Because, yes. man, I, Talk like, through I was thinking about it and actually not too long ago. It was like, you know, I remember sales guys coming in and they're new and they start making sales really good out of the gate because they're hyper-focused on on what the client's doing and saying and they're, they're listening so engaged because they're trying to learn the new sale. But then yeah. they get that script down and then they stop listening because everything becomes on autopilot and then their sales conversions go down. Mm. So, you know, and so I've I've seen that time and I've time seen and the time rookies, again. Yeah, they come in and shine because they don't know a different way mm-hmm. to do it besides the way that you've shown them. Yeah, and then when they get, see success, they're like, mm. "I'm above this. Yeah, I've got it figured out. I'm yeah. going to do it my way now." Right, and then th- that's when the sales. And it becomes so autopilot that they're not even really paying attention because they're just trying to get to the end where they can ask for the sale. And then the client's like, you didn't connect with me at all. See yeah. you. So yeah. <laughs> It's called active listening. And this is the thing. And, yeah. and Brad Lee, when I, went to, when I was out there, he made me look like an idiot about this. <laughs> Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What are some techniques? Yeah, so, so what do you say? Stay hyper-focused on listening. Yeah, so um, Bob's brother has uh, – Oh, let me think how he said it. Um, Bob has shit. I'll come up. <laughs> Bob has shit. Yeah, right. He needs so, to find a toilet. You can sell him the toilet. Right. Bob's. Yeah. All right. So I'll figure out what he said in a second. But active listening is where, and this is, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Salespeople, they, I like a lot of people, and I do this sometimes. I'm thinking about. What I'm gonna say while you're talking? Yeah, that's not fair to you. Yeah, that's not that's fair a to great you. Point, right? And we're all, we've all been guilty of right. It, right. And so I may spit out an answer that has nothing to do with what you just said because yeah. I was just thinking about what I wanted to say. Yeah. In a lot of cases, customers will tell you their pain and tell you all the reasons why they want to do it. And a good sales rep listens throughout the conversation and they build their ammunition, so to speak. Again, that might be a bad word to use, but they get their ammunition during the call. So at the very end, they could circle back. Well, you said that you wanted to take more vacations or you said that you wanted to spend more time at home with your kids, that you wanted to retire by the age. You know, are you going to be able to do those things if you continue on the same path that you're on right now? Right. So you're tying back some of the things that they said were important to them at the end of the call. So let's go ahead and, you know, again, make that difficult decision to move forward. I'm not saying it's easy. It is difficult, but it's the difficult decisions that will ultimately change your life. And I'm excited for you. Let's go ahead and take that next step. Is there a middle initial on the card that you want to use, Corey? Boom. <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. And I would and I would also state Here's, here's also what I see in sales because we own several companies uh-huh. that, that are focused all around sales. You give me a rebuttal when I say, what's your middle initial between your uh, first and last name on the credit card you want to use? Well, Trevor, you know, I don't know if, if I'm ready to do that. Well, obviously, you're ready to start seeing a better future. That's why we're on the phone today. You know, I think that if you weren't serious, you probably would have hung up on me 30 minutes ago, right? Right. Right. Okay. So let's go ahead and again... Take that next step. I'll be on your Christmas card list by December. What's the middle initial between your first and last name on the card you want to use? So again, I'll address the issue, 
but I go back to the ask after. Right. I see it all the time with with new salespeople when there's a, something like a you know that throws them off to the side and they ah, I don't know and the customers kind of squeamish a little bit. They have a question. Well, do you have any guarantees? You know. Oh, hey. Well, we do have a warranty of service. It's this, 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 and this. And then it goes like this. They're waiting for the customer to say, "Okay, okay let's move great. forward." Then because they already did the ask. Then a customer had an issue. Then they answered the issue, but then they don't go back to the ask. So I'll say, yes, we do have a warranty of service. It's there to protect you for da, 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 da. Now, what's the middle initial between the first and last name on the card that you want to use, Corey? So I always pick up right where I left off when they had an issue. Sure. So I'll address it, use my rebuttal, and then go back to the ask. You have to always go back to the ask rather than rebuttaling what their objection is. And then waiting for them to say, okay, well, that sounds good. Let's move forward. Right. I right. see that all the freaking time. Go yeah. back to the ask. Right. You know, right when they have an objection, as long as you've overcome it. Right? Yeah. thousand so, percent. Yeah. I, I totally agree with what you said, though, man. A lot of people, their mind's already on something that they want to say or do or whatever. So they're not fully listening to the customer. Right. Right. And so they're totally blowing their uh, opportunity to really build the ammunition through or the whole sales connect. process. Yeah. Or and connect. Yeah. And I think that that's cool that that's a part of your process is is helping people become aware of like you're doing that, man. You're, you're already trying to think of what you're going to say next before you're really listening to the customer. Right. If right. you were going to give advice to a young salesperson or a young entrepreneur right now, what would be with your experience, you know, having several businesses, one that you had to walk away from, new businesses that you're kicking up, what's a piece of advice that you think would resonate with somebody that's new to business that, you know, one may be struggling right now, especially with, you know, the, the current climate? I would say that um, the biggest thing is I think people need to learn about especially young entrepreneurs, they need to learn about sales. They need yeah. to learn how yeah. this process works because guess what? You could have the best fucking product on the planet. Yeah. It could be the new iPhone, and the new Amazon, you, whatever, whatever the hell, you know, company right. or something. But. but if you can't sell it, yeah, it's not worth shit. Yeah. So you can be the smartest dude in the room, but you better know how to sell it. Yeah. Because if you can't sell it, nobody's you know nothing happens without a sale. Yeah. And and nothing. Period. The sale has doesn't to happen. turn without yeah. the sale. It doesn't. And, and another know? point I wanted to make too: people think salespeople are shady, right? When we sell something, when you guys sell something, when I sell something, I'm selling my services because I know it's going to help. It's going to enhance, enhance their life. It's going right. to bring value yeah. to you. Yes, yeah. you're going to pay me for it. Of course, yeah. I have. That's how I make a living. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, I'm going to triple. The money you've paid me yeah. through building up your company in whatever way. Situation. Well, even yes, if you I don't think you're a salesperson, you're a salesperson. I don't yeah. care if you're the doctor in town that just got educated for 10 years. Uh, you're selling people on why they should come to you for surgery, Rather right? And the yeah. best yeah. practices – yeah. The owners of those practices know how to sell their service and back it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I'm the best doctor because of these reasons. Look at my track record. Okay, cool. No brainer. That guy obviously is the best in town because he's the best at what he does, but he also has a foundation of sales. Yeah. yeah. I've always said, uh, even to you know new hires, 
I say, just give it all you've got because I'm telling you right now, you may not work with us for two years, five years, 10 years, or whatever it may be. But if you get good at sales, you'll always have an income. Always. Always have an income. Yes. It's a known mm-hmm. fact that companies will cut anywhere else outside of sales first because sales is what brings in the revenue to the business. Right. So why would they want to cut sales if that's what's bringing in the money? Right. You know, they're going to find somewhere else to cut a corner or whatever, an expense, but they're going to want to keep the sales reps flooding the money in the front doors, right? Yeah, and in the same in the same sense, why would you not focus on your sales team as a business? Yeah, if you're trying to grow. Yeah, I mean, I, where are you going to focus? Yeah, where are you going to grow? Right, where are you going to grow? If that's where the money's coming in, yeah. that's where you need to focus. And if you don't have a sales team, you should consider it. Yeah, you, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Even if you're in some sort of construction industry, you can still have somebody knocking doors. Hey, would, have you thought about remodeling your home? Right. You know, we, we would love to give you a bid on your bid, you know, go into older homes or whatever it is, sure. older neighborhoods and knock on the doors. You know, there's plenty of people doing the windows, doing the solar, doing the pest control. I mean, everything's starting to get more towards direct sales. Yeah. And you should be evolving uh, as a company. And maybe if you've never had a sales rep and you just do marketing, and, you know, somebody that's really not trained is calling those leads or yeah. you're just hoping to push people in the front door, you should really consider and try to figure out a way to bring a sales aspect into your business because without a doubt it would be a game changer. Yeah, marketing is sales. You For know, sure. But you got to know how to close. Yeah, you do. Exactly. You do. Exactly. And listen, and if your first touch of your business is the person answering the phone up front, you better have a damn good person yeah. answering yeah. the phone up front. Yeah. Because if that's the first touch, that's the first yeah. impression. That's yeah. the first touch. Yeah. Like, that's so important. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't even think about it. They're like, yeah, yeah I'll hire somebody for 10 bucks or whatever, an hour. And they'll just answer the phone. No, don't do that. Yeah. Because if they're not educated in what you do well enough to explain it to the customer like you and you. Or at or least me. optimistic and, per- and bubbly and yeah. bringing good energy. Exactly. Where they're just like, wow, I lo- this company just seems like a good company. Exactly. You know, even if they don't have the answer, as long as they're uh, a good energy vibrating at yes. a high frequency, they can transfer it to somebody who knows what they're talking about. But you definitely want to make the first experience a good experience. Yeah. And, in, and dude, you first just hit on something else. Transferring energy in sales is massive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can walk into a, a room, a board, whatever, and you can bring a positive energy, you can bring, it's going to help everybody in that room. Yeah. Perk up, right? Yeah. If you go in there and you're... Why you do know, they like, call somebody the life of the party? Right. Because they bring the life to the ener- party, exactly. right? They're very energetic, <laughs> right. right? It's the same concept same. but for business, right? Yeah. You know, we just don't... They've already identified that in a party scene. Mm. Life of the party, right? right? right. But um, it's the same concept in a, in a business meeting or in, in your so business, true. right? So you true. know, the owner's job should be bringing up the frequency or the energy of their company at all times instead of sitting up in their office, right? Sure. Um, let me ask you this, man. Where do people find you if they want to connect with you, dude, and maybe talk to you about sales sure. or, you know, whatever it is? So at Corey Barrier um, is the – Is your I, Instagram? I, yeah, that's all so my socials, really. at Corey – just like – B-C-E-R-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-I-E-R-
I think it's going to turn out really well. Well, with it, by the time this uh, episode airs, it'll be like two or three weeks, so maybe it'll be available I hope so. by yeah. then. Yeah, you know, at least so. landing pages. But there, at least connect with them me. on Instagram, yeah. shoot them a DM yeah. or whatever. Sure. Say you listen to the podcast. You know what I uh, like about Corey is he is high energy, yeah. great intentions. Yeah. He wants to get results. If you do want to connect with him or use him, um, but I also like that you you try and help people in multiple areas, not just improve sales, but like putting you know putting videos together. A lot of people struggle yeah. with that, and I've yeah. seen you doing that with people online yeah. like, and you show me some things this morning even like man i'm trying to help these guys get that video part of their business because that is a part of the sales process well think about this dude you just I, you know and i'm sure we've run over but think about this right it's just it goes back to the email if i send you a video you i send yeah. both of you videos yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. i send you videos because you can visually see my body language yeah, yeah. you can you can see the tonality if mm-hmm. i'm talking to you about something serious or i'm super excited yeah. you feel that in the video you don't feel any of that well, it shit gives you two sensations yeah. right you right. get the visual sensation and then you get the verbal right the hearing sensation so any more sensations that you can have an ind- like touch feel hear, right. you know all of that stuff that that's super important and the more senses that you can bring into a situation the better off you are exactly. in order to connect with yeah. that that's individual. right so you can so. help people improve their videos their marketing and their even their, their closing sales, yeah you know so, all that stuff dude, so. we've we closed so much business with just video yeah and mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah, yeah wow. if you guys need help with sales you know who to go to yeah you know the sales ceo mr Corey Barrier. Barrier. Dude, we appreciate you flying out here. We appreciate you coming on. You're a solid ass dude. Yeah. You know, we love you. Uh, we love your energy. Episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. So we know everybody that listens is going to enjoy it. Make sure you guys show him some RBO love and go connect with him on his Instagram account and uh, just tell him thank you for coming on. So, as always, guys, have a kick ass day. Take care. Thank you, brother.